0: Taking years to write a book is so last century. Hi, I'm Liesl Hill. I help aspiring authors move toward their dreams of career authordom by mastering their story, mastering their words, and mastering their marketing. If you're ready to put your head down and do the work necessary to eventually live off your fiction royalties, then tune in each week. I'll give you actionable tips and hacks, as well as inspiring interviews with writers who are already doing this. We are prolific authors. Hello there, Prolific Authors. How's everyone doing today? I'm not going to do too much of an intro today, because I did one earlier in the week. And to be honest, nothing much has changed. We actually were dealing with a little bit of stomach flu at our house this week. So if anything, I'm kind of behind on my work. So I definitely haven't made great strides in uh, just since the beginning of the week. <laughs> but yeah, things are, don't worry, everyone's well again. And uh, it was just kind of a, a minor bug that we all got but today I kind of just want to jump straight into the interview. I have a really delightful interview with Patrick Ratchford. Uh, He is an entrepreneur and uh, an author himself. And I think he's got a lot of just really great gems to take away for authors from this interview. I especially want you to pay attention to um, where he talks about how he lives off his author royalties and you know, if it's, possible for anybody even a single person on the planet to do then it's possible for everyone if they're willing to you know just figure it out go the distance and, and work at it until they until they finally achieve it. Um, but anyway he's, he's a really fun person to talk to, very kind and um, positive guy and I'm, I'm excited for you guys to hear the interview so with that let's just jump right in. Hi prolific authors me again. Given that you have the writing bug yourselves I bet at least some of your kids will too but teaching writing of any kind to kids of any age can be daunting. That's where WriteShop comes in. They have fun workbooks and curriculum for kids of all ages, K through 12. It makes learning writing at home fun and easy. I use their workbooks for my six year old nephew, who's the bee's knees at math for his age, (laughs) but he struggles with reading and writing. With so many kids at home and doing digital distance learning or homeschooling this year, WriteShop is the perfect resource for your child's writing needs with materials for every age and at affordable prices, you can't go wrong. Visit bit.ly forward slash TPA 4 kids. TPA stands for the prolific author. So again, that's bit.ly forward slash TPA for kids.
1: All right, hi Patrick, how are you today?
2: I am well, Lisa, thank you for asking.
1: Good, good. Welcome to the show, and thanks for coming on to talk
2: to us. My pleasure.
1: So why don't you start by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about what you do?
2: Well, I am Patrick Ratchford. I like to say that the youngest son of Lois and Monroe Ratchford. Uh, (laughs) I'm a businessman by by trade, uh, but that has uh, snowballed or dominoed into uh, becoming a Motivational speaker, as they say, an author. I only became an author because an early mentor said I should put my thoughts on paper. So if I reached a point in my life where I didn't want to travel and didn't want to speak anymore, that uh, my information that I've acquired in my lifetime would be available. So Mm. I took the task. So, businessman slash speaker author, if you will.
1: Yeah. So, what do you speak about?
2: Goal setting, um, overcoming procrastination, uh, developing a, a winning mental mindset or attitude.
1: Um, nice. And do you write about the same things? Absolutely. Yeah. And and do you have you have a podcast, don't you, of your own?
2: No, I do not.
1: Oh, you do not. Okay. I thought I saw one on your website, but it must have been something else.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Okay. Um, well, and that's that's kind of part of the reason I wanted to bring you onto the show because uh, you know I've been in. I've been an author for about 10 years, and I've been really active in the indie space for I don't even know at least half that. And I kind of feel like the way that indie authors are taught, um, it, it very much minimizes the you know the, the positivity aspect or the you know when you have the the concept of playing to win versus playing not to lose. I feel like authors more often than not are taught to play not to lose. There's this kind of stigma that because there are so many authors, you know, I I serve mostly fiction authors, there's a lot of people who can just upload any old book to Amazon these days, and so a lot of times it's really poor quality, Um, and because of that, you you can argue it's the truth that the majority of authors out there are not living off their royalties, but that's very much because they're not putting out quality products, too, and so it kind of creates this belief within the author community that it's not possible to live off your royalties, and I don't think anything could be further from the truth, but... I mean, what would you say to that, to authors who maybe want to you know, achieve that and, and live off their royalties and really be successful, but aren't entirely sure that it's possible or realistic?
2: Well, I can unequivocally state that it is possible, um, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, if you commit yourself. One of my favorite authors from an early age was Napoleon Hill, right? Mm-hmm. Napoleon stated that um, what the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. Right. So first you have to accept within yourself that you have the ability, based upon your skill set, the knowledge that you've acquired, to live off the, 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 the means, the, the assets of your thoughts, putting them in writing. So mm-hmm. there are authors, including myself, that have generated significant amounts of additional revenue, significant royalties, due to their writing. Um, the important aspect is first you must believe it yourself. And right. then not stop there, take steps to making that occur. Okay, what is my overhead? What do I need to generate on a minimal basis and royalties to cover my basic overhead? And then you start building from there. Mm-hmm. And- do I need to support my writings by giving additional talks, by making comments on social media to stir interest in my writings? If I see something in my category, certainly I can comment, it, comment on it on Twitter or comment on it on Instagram or comment on it on Facebook or LinkedIn, and then I can acquire additional followers, more interest. The more followers, the more interest folks start purchasing my product. So just to sit back and say, hey, it's not possible. No, if someone else is doing it, then it's possible.
1: Right. Yeah. I believe that too. If anybody else is having success on it, success at it, then obviously it's possible for them. Right. So it sounds like um, what you're saying is people need to look for opportunities to make, you know, like you said, not just Sit back and wait for the revenue to come in, but look for opportunities to generate that and to you know push forward.
2: Absolutely, you, you spoke that primarily. Your, your audience is um, fictional writers. You mm-hmm. know, I've I've with multiple fictional writers that volunteered their time at local schools, volunteered their time at local senior center centers, and and, and read aloud a paragraph or two or a chapter or two out of their works, mm-hmm. and it, something within, it made them believe in what they were doing, but also, Lizelle, there was a a ripple effect. A ripple effect of, if it was at a senior home, their children, their grandchildren, would purchase a book. The directors of the home had more interest and they did some research on the author. I've met authors that wrote fictional material on children's books and went to public and private schools and did a reading free of charge, some of them got paid for, just to, to instigate, to initiate interest in their bodies of work.
1: hmm Nice. Yeah. So, what, do you have any, um, hacks or tips for people who need to work on their mindset, on their, you know,
2: success mindset? Yes. It's, it's important to, and, and it's easy for all of us to take it for granted, but it's important to put it in writing. It's not enough just to, some folks keep these digital uh, journals, right? Mm-hmm. But there's something that happens in your mind once you put it on paper. You write it down and say, okay, this is what I want to do. These are, this is the amount of royalties that I want to earn on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, a quarterly basis, an annual basis. And once you write it down, it becomes more concrete. It seems real. It's Man. not enough just to talk about it. You write it down, that makes it concrete, and something clicks. So I would suggest as an initial step, the first step is to write down what direction they wanna go with their book, what direction they wanna go with marketing. Once they write it down, it becomes more concrete, something clicks in the brain, and that's the initial step.
1: Mm. Nice, yeah, I think that's good advice. So obviously, you know you probably haven't always known exactly what to do when it comes to this sort of thing can you tell us a little bit about your journey to get to where you are right now
2: certainly um, i've always been in, in, involved in the business world right even even as a little boy the school the elementary school the junior high they always had some class project that the students would have to go sell holiday cards or gourmet popcorn or candles door-to-door mm-hmm. the rake money for some class trip or something right right <laughs> so that that experience Lizelle, of going door-to-door and having doors slammed in your face and dogs barking at you and cranky adults looking at you and <laughs> uh, contrary to popular belief that oh, kids can sell anything and everyone treats them golden that's not necessarily the truth <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but but that experience carried on into my adult worlds that I was able to deal with all types of personalities, all, all types of mindsets, all types of uh, income categories. I, I sold door-to-door in trailer parks. I sold door-to-door in gated communities and everything in between, apartment complex, single dwelling, duplexes, and big mansions. Uh, so whoever answered the door, I would tell them, hey, I'm selling this because of my school project or I want to try to win this trip. Uh, or pay for this instrument or this uniform or whatever the case or the project was for school. And that experience enabled me to deal with individuals in my adult life. Mm-hmm. That that experience uh, broke down the barriers and the apprehension and the anxiety. And that allowed me to eventually become a leader in the business world to uh, put a few shekels aside, as they <laughs> say. And uh, people would ask, oh, you were successful in the business world. Could you share your experiences? And at first I was hesitant, uh, but they were persistent. And so first a couple schools asked for me to speak to the students. Then a couple business leaders asked if I would speak to their staff or their sales department, a special, a few convention leaders would say we're having a convention in Las Vegas or Chicago or New York. Could you speak to our uh, attendance at this convention, this convention? And it just snowballed from there. Mm-hmm. And I was simply sharing the skills and the tactics and the philosophies that I had gathered through my childhood and life experiences that, if applied, can shorten, shorten the path to whatever your goal may be. Right.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, how sometimes we don't think we're very far ahead of anybody else but then you get people coming up and asking to share your experiences because they haven't had them yet and interesting to find out how much value you have to to add to people's lives
2: yes indeed (laughs) indeed and that which is that uh another one of my favorite authors is og mandino and he wrote this book years ago right the greatest secret in the world Buried in the middle of the book is the greatest secret in the world is you only have to be a tad bit better than mediocre to make it in this life. Interesting. So just a tad bit better than mediocre, not a tad bit better than the top 10% or the top 5%, just a tad bit better than mediocre. <laughs> and you'll be surprised what can happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's a, that's great advice. So what do you think are the biggest mistakes? People make in, you know, approaching this sort of thing. What are they doing that's sort of sabotaging them that you
2: see often? I think the the biggest sabotage that authors encounter is that the the lack of confidence in themselves, or they think that someone else has already done it. Even if someone has already done it, they are not you. They do have your life experiences, your personality, that that certain something that makes you unique. So I would highly suggest that, regardless of the category that they are writing in, regardless of the genre, if you will, that they just take a moment to be a tad bit better than mediocre, and they will find unbelievable success.
1: Nice. Yeah, I agree. People, I I always like to say that um, I could, outline a story and give it to 10 different people with same events, same character names, same genre, everything, and we'd get 10 different stories out of it. You know, they'd be completely different. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I totally agree with that. Um, all right, so I know that a lot of the things you teach about are things like attitude and goal setting and overcoming procrastination. Procrastination is a big one for authors. We can procrastinate with the best of them. So what can you, what can you tell us on that subject?
2: Yes, procrastination is big. Uh, one of my favorite tactics, if you will, regardless of the project, if you simply take a moment, I, I call it liftoff. Right with NASA, whether it's in Florida or other other states, it's five, four, three, two, one, and then there's all this propulsion of the fuel being burned, and the rocket lifts off. Right. Mm-hmm. Whatever you find yourself procrastinating with, right? Whether it's writing another chapter or gathering new thoughts for perhaps a new body of work, a new book, or a marketing campaign, or a speaking engagement to promote your book, whatever you're procrastinating about. Five, four, three, two, one, then begin. You can even tell yourself, I'm just gonna go after it for five minutes. For five minutes, I'm gonna work on this new chapter. For five minutes, I'm gonna work on this new book. For five minutes, I'm going to book myself to read one chapter from my book to a live audience. And that five minute commitment might turn into 30 minutes, might turn into an hour, might turn into two hours. But even at five minutes, if you stop and say, it's been five minutes, I'm done, you're still further ahead than you were five minutes earlier. Right. Okay, so whether or not you're you're looking at the clock, oh, it's been one minute, it's been two minutes, it's been three minutes, that's fine. But oftentimes that five minutes just becomes a blur and it turns into one hour, two hours, three hours, and you got started. So I would just encourage your listeners to remember lift-off when it comes to procrastinating. And it doesn't just apply to us as authors, right? Five, four, three, two, one. I'm gonna have that uncomfortable conversation. With that loved one or with my or with my employer or with my agent five four three two one i'm driving towards the gym right <laughs> five four three two one i'm going to take the junk food out of my cabinet and put it in the trash Five, four, three, two one i'm going to clean my car five four three two one i'm going to organize my office and whether it's two minutes five minutes ten minutes or an hour that little trigger folks would be surprised how much they could get done if they just tried that simple little tactic.
1: Yeah, I like that. And I think it's one of those things that the more you do it, the better you'll become at it and, you know, making the switch in your brain. I think for yeah. authors, that's especially going to be um, valuable because, you know, there's two different sides to so what we do. We have the creative side, which is one half of the brain, but then you have the business side, which is the other half of the brain. And you have to sometimes be able to switch between the two. And I know that I've, I've had a lot of people tell me they have a hard time with that, trying to go from one to the other and, and get everything in in a single day. So I like that. I'm going to start doing that. That sounds like a, like a really valuable exercise. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, what would you say to people who very often with authors, we tend to be introverts, right? And so we have no problem sitting behind the computer writing or however we go about our writing, but it's hard to put ourselves out there you know, on the internet or um, when it comes to reviews or you know, talking to our readers. So um, how would you tell them to start overcoming that sort of anxiety to put themselves out
2: there? Excellent. Something that's, that's been beneficial for myself as well is that whoever your listeners admire in the business world, so that when they put on that new hat, right? You gotta take off your author hat and put on your business hat get that business mindset, whoever they identify with that they respect might be Warren Buffett, right? might be Bill Gates, might be Elon Musk, it might be uh, Hillary Clinton, it might be Margaret Thatcher, whoever they admire, right? Mm -hmm. And say, if I were them, what would I do? Mm -hmm. So play that little trick in their mind, whoever they admire most in the business world, put on that hat, say, okay, if I was them, would I try to book myself in this state, in this city, in this country, in this category, this demographic, if they were me, what would they be doing? If I were them, what would I be doing? And it's been helpful because that little trick of someone that they admire makes it more digestible, to develop that mindset on a consistent basis. So just take a moment, this is a person I admire, if I were them and they were in my position, what would be my next step? And I think they would be surprised what thoughts come in.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's kind of fun too, to sit around imagining what your hero would be doing in your shoes. Because honestly, most people who are successful that we would think of probably were in our shoes once. They they weren't born as successful as
2: they are. And, if, and, if, and if, we're, if we're frank with each other, right, I'm a movie fan, right? So how many times have all of us, if you're watching some horror movie or some, some suspense movie, you're like, why did they do that? If I was them, I would have did this and I would have did that. <laughs> well, if you could do that for a horror movie or a mystery film or suspense film, why couldn't you do that in your own life? View, your, view whatever's going on in your world as if it was a movie. And you were in the audience saying, well, why did she do that? If I was her, I, I would have done it this way. Well, act like you're the observer versus person that's being observed. Act as if you're the observer. You're the audience. You're looking at the stage. You're looking at the moving screen. You're this other business person. And take that extra step. If you can critique a movie, you can could crit- could actually critique your own life and say, how would I do this differently? Mm-hmm. And have fun.
1: Yeah, for sure, that is fun. And it's just all about self-awareness, right? Kind of stepping out of the moment to be more intentional than just kind of letting it sweep over you and and go whichever way, right?
2: (laughs) Positively, yes. That's great.
1: So um, I noticed that you also talk about mental awareness sometimes. What, what, how would you define mental awareness?
2: Mental awareness is in, in its purest form they say that if you um, have stress, you're living in the past, right? Mm-hmm. They say yeah. if you have anxiety, you're living in the future. So that mental awareness should be to focus on the present.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so if you strive to focus on the present, not the past, not the future, that develops your mental mindset to see clearly, how should I put on my business hat? How should I improve my next body of work? How should I market my next book or improve my relationship or uh, develop another source of income? That mindset, that mental development starts, that clarity, by living in the present. You can learn from the past You can look towards the future, but it's important to live in the present. And if you live in the present, that develops your mindset, that drops that, we call it brain fog, (laughs) (laughs) allows you to see things much more clearly.
1: Yeah, I I really like that explanation. Um, It kind of brought to mind when I was listening to you talk about that, um, something that was said in a book called uh, Happy Pocket Full of Money, it just reminded me of it when you were saying it, it they, it said, um, and I'm probably going to mess it up. It said something like, all suffering is just an error in thinking. You know what I mean? We, we really bring it on ourselves because yes. we're, we're worrying and we're dwelling on things that are not in the present. So yeah, I, I really like the way you explained that. And I think wow. that's really valuable for authors. Um, you know, for, for people in my space, because we got to stop worrying about that one bad review we had or, about how maybe the first book we wrote wasn't the best because we're constantly learning and growing and we can just do what we can do right now, you know?
2: Oh, very true. Very, yeah. very true.
1: That's great. Thank you for sharing that. So um, how about, do you have any tips for, I mean, this is going to be very general rather than specific to authors, but um, going after and achieving financial success specifically, what, what kind of tips do you have for that?
2: There's, there's two ways to, to, to view it. Right. If you want to achieve financial success, you can either reduce your expenses or increase your income. Right. Right. Because there are folks that make six figures and seven figures and they're still living paycheck to paycheck. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If You have a, a gig at McDonald's making twelve hundred dollars a month, but you only pay two hundred dollars rent a room in somebody's house and you're taking the bus with a $60 a month bus pass, you're, you're pretty successful. Right, <laughs> that's true, yeah. Because there are folks that are making 10000 20000 a month, but they're spending 9900 or 19900 and they have nothing left over. Right. So that, again, that goes back to the mindset. So if you can ask yourself, what's more important to me? If you already like your lifestyle, And you just want to maintain it, then ask yourself, what is it that I do not need? Let me start to reduce my expenses so I can free up some income. If you don't like your current lifestyle and you don't see any areas that you can reduce your expenses, then you do the reverse. How do I increase my revenue? How do I increase my income? So the first step is to identify do I just need to reduce my spending or do I really need to increase? my revenue hmm. and sometimes it's a combination of the two right so reducing the expenses at, at any level do you need four hbo's you know <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you need starbucks five days a week do you need to go to the movies every weekend do you need pizza every friday if so if that is important <laughs> to you then by all means you enjoy all the starbucks enjoy all the movies and the pizza and say, I just need to make more money. But if you say, ah, no, that was just something to keep up with the Joneses, or something like that brought me pleasure as a child, but now it's not important, or that's what I was doing early in life, and now it's not at the top of my list. So first, attack it from that area. Then, yes, put on your entrepreneurial hat and say, okay, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. At the end of the month, there's nothing left, and I'm still lacking. So you identify, again, going back to putting something on paper, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, what would make my life better? Now, there's been white papers written on it that, oh, $70,000, a person earning $70,000 is no more or less happy than the person making a quarter million. Right. Or a person making one, two, three, four, five million. So they, they've, they've done the research, $70,000. For some of us, it might be $70,000 for others to say, well, I, that's for me, but I wanna take care of my parents, or right? I've got children, or I've got some friends or some charities I want to support, so I need more than that. So you just have to identify, what you, first, what's your special number? Is it an extra $100 a month? Is it an extra $1,000 a month? Is it an extra 5000 a month, extra 10000 a month? Everyone's number is different. I, I'm, I'm so saddened. When folks in my industry think everyone needs to be a multi-millionaire, everyone needs to have their Rolls Royce and Lamborghini and private jet and uh, travel all over the world. If that's your goal, that's fine. But for many people, just an extra hundred dollars a month, they would be happy. Just an extra five hundred dollars a month, or an extra thousand dollars a month, or an extra three thousand dollars a month. So it's important to find your special number. Not the guy on TV, not the woman on, on, on a radio show, not the neighbor, not your parents. What's your special number? What would you need to do to have the lifestyle that you truly desire? If it's gonna be an extra $100 a week, wonderful. If it's gonna be an extra $500 a month, wonderful. Find out what is your number. Because if it's your number, the likelihood of you succeeding is higher than someone else's number that you adopted
1: Mm. yeah i think there's a lot of wisdom in that that's very true and i think that could um that could translate for authors not only in you know the financial uh, sector but also in terms of just their writing goals and their you know their writing career not everybody is going to be happy being as prolific as you know, Stephen King, you know, maybe they don't want to write quite that much. So I think that's, maybe that's something that you need to figure out for every aspect of your life rather than modeling other people necessarily, which you certainly can if that's what you want to do, but figure out what's going to make you happy first and foremost.
2: Yes, very, very true. And I'm glad that you touched upon that because, yes, we, we, we're all aware of certain authors that, oh, they came out with a book a month or a book a week. Mm-hmm. Chapter every few hours, that's fine if you choose to model them wonderful. And if that's your true goal to be exactly like them or to surpass their achievements, as long as if it's your true goal, if it's not your true goal, your true goal might be one book every five years or one book every two years uh, versus one book a year or one book a month or one book a week,
1: (laughs) right? Right? Who, Who
2: was it? Um, what's from Dianetics, right? He was coming out with uh a sci-fi book every week in his early career, that Ron, Ron Hubbard.
1: Right. Yeah. L. Ron Hubbard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, that's really great advice. Um, I think that's probably a great place to end it. Thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us. I think the, the audience are going to have some real gems to take away from this interview. Um, I would like to give my guests the last word. Do you have any other uh, last minute things you want to say or any more advice to dispense in general?
2: I just want to sincerely wish everyone well. I know that all of us have a little bit of apprehension in this uh, this new normal. Um, I, I'm very confident in our uh, our abilities as the human race. You know, we mm-hmm. can put lights around the earth and we can walk on the moon. So I am confident that we can come um, up with a solution. Um, whether it's a vaccine where they have the best of the best working on it, right? The best of the best at the top universities and top colleges. Every country wants to be the first to come up with a special vaccine. Every <laughs> government, every pharmaceutical company, everyone is vying to, to be the first. So that makes everyone better. So that should reduce anxiety. Or the flip side, it'll eventually burn itself out, right? Mm-hmm. And have yeah. else to go on to. So either way, that, that should help bring peace to folks who are experiencing some anxiety, some fear of the unknown. And in the meantime, stay healthy, stay safe.
1: <laughs> thank you. I, I really appreciate you being positive about that. We have so much negativity in the world, so it's refreshing to hear a, a very positive take on that. So thank you for all your advice and sharing your experiences with us and for being here today.
2: My pleasure. You take care. You too.
0: me again before you go if you found value in this episode i would love it if you could leave me a review reviews are the best way to show your appreciation and help others find this podcast be sure to screenshot it share it on your favorite social media network and tag me at lk hill books remember the world needs your stories only you can change someone's heart with your fire breathing dragons your mind-blowing mysteries your epic romances and your intense thrillers so join the revolution and be a prolific author